All right. Realist Guys in the Room, podcast number one. Steven and Kevin here. How you doing? All right. I guess we could just start by breaking down UFC 214 and giving our picks. Um, are there any interesting fights here on the prelims? Uh, I, let's see. There was a really good one, Andre Feely versus Duho Choi, but Duho Choi backed out with a back injury, I think. So yeah, something like that. So now they put in some guy with no picture, and it's probably. If he has no picture, it's probably already over for the gentleman. Yeah, I mean they didn't even put a picture for Tanya Evinger last Just I checked. Nope, still a shadow. Like you won't be here long. <laughs> and that's true. Chris Cyborg is. Uh... It's gonna hurt that young girl. I feel bad. Here's a good one on the FXX prelims: the Aljamain Sterling versus Henan Brow. It's crazy. Henan Brow, just, what, two years ago? Three, maybe? The top pound-for-pound fighter. Now he's all the way down to number 13, Bantamweight, like, uh, against number 8, Aljamain Sterling. He started down a slippery slope when Cody whipped that ass twice in a row. TJ? TJ, that's right. TJ Dillashaw, wrong alpha male. <laughs> I mean, Aljamain, I don't know how much you remember of his fight, so he never really looked that impressive I guess like there's not really that much explosion or flashiness I can say he kind of mm-hmm. like grinds people out but he's he's been losing his, he's not the losing streak I think I remember he lost that one against Brian Caraway which was kind of like a snoozer of a fight well who likes Brian Caraway is he even with the UFC anymore Brian Caraway uh, yeah, that's a good question. He hasn't fought for a while. He was supposed to fight Cody before Cody fought for the belt, but I just went out the window. Yeah. Um, he lost a half while of Sun Sal, a split decision, I mean, and then he beat Augusto Mendes, who was not ranked, I think, someone, I think Cody knocked him out. Right. Now he's fighting Henan Brow, who made a brief, uh, foray in the, the 145-pound weight division. Now he's back at Bantamweight after he lost his... Last fight, yeah, he lost against Jeremy Stevens, which was a good fight, but he got pretty dominated. <clears throat> and then he won, I guess, kind of a bantamweight tune-up fight against Felipe Nover, also a unranked fighter. So you know, I, I would, I'd pick still Burrell. The two fights that I've seen him fight, uh, Aljamain Sterling, I've thought I walked away from him thinking I'm not that impressed. I'm just not really. I don't. Uh, I don't see. They keep talking about explosion when it comes for him, like he's kind of t- like a Tyron Woodley. Maybe. Yeah, he has he has a good body, like his. He physique. has a great looking body, but I don't see. The, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see the athleticism. I don't see for like um, the physique, you'd expect yeah, a lot more. I, I and I don't see from him what I thought I would see from him because of his body. I mean, yeah, I'd say Burrell. I'm gonna go with Burrell. I've seen him uh, stuff people, and I like Burrell a lot. Yeah, Ricardo Lamas versus Jason Knight. Jason Knight has a good record, but I only saw his last fight, so I'm not that sure about him. Ricardo Lamas kind of runs through everyone except for the top competition. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lamas. Yeah. Although, this is interesting to see Jason Knight. I mean, I don't know enough about Knight to say mm-hmm. how good he would do, but I mean, he has a good record, and he looked good in his last fight. 20-2 record. Impressive record. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably going to be Lamas, though. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Lamas as well. Yeah. Let's move to the main card. Jimmy Manoa versus Vulcan Ozdemir, who is who are both 
apparently knockout artists. Mm-hmm. They have Oscar doesn't have that much UFC experience though. He had two fights. His first one was against OSP, and he won a split decision. And then his last fight was against Misha Strykonov, which was kind of weird. It was really quick, and he scored a KO that just was behind the ear, and it dropped him, and it kind of ended really quick. So you don't really get to see that much of Ozdemir. Manuel has been knocking everyone out, except for the top guys, Anthony Johnson and Alexander Gustafson, who both knocked him out. So, I mean, this is kind of a tough fight to call, too, just because... We haven't really seen that much of Ozdemir. They both did fight OSP, and Jimmy knocked OSP out, so that's a feather in his cap, I guess. Um, that's the only fight I saw for Manoa. I'm going to go with him. I don't know this other guy. I don't trust him. He's an unknown commodity. Yeah. He's, it's funny. He's ranked number five already. I don't know how that's possible. Or does that speak more to the weakness of the heavyweight division? The light heavyweight. Yeah, I think light it is. Hey, let's check out the rankings. That's a... Uh, Pretty embarrassing that he walks in. Has how many victories? He has two. One was a split decision, OSP. I mean, his last fight, Misha Serkinov, I thought was had to potentially be the next champion, maybe, after John left. He was ranked nine. He beats him. He jumps to five. I mean... To be honest, these, are, these people are all just fodder to I John know. at this point. The top four is really where the competition's at. You have DC, John Jones, Gustafson... All elite. Jimmy Manuel at number three, I think, is kind of high. But, I mean, there's really there's no one below him besides Glover to Let's share. Let's be honest. The only reason this fight's on the card is so that they got a backup if John fucks up like John isn't known to do. Yeah, and I don't really see Jimmy being uh, that much of a challenge at this point to either DC or John. I mean, we already saw who was the better KO artist between Anthony Johnson and Jimmy. It was clearly Anthony Johnson. Yeah. And DC handled him twice. So... Yeah, light heavyweights hurting right now. They need to. Uh, they need some help for sure. And Uriah, no, not Uriah Hall. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's middleweight. Let's see. So yeah, that's. I would go with Jimmy, but I mean, who knows? Now Walrus Roney, that's a tough fight to call. I don't even know who I want to win. I want Donald Cerrone to win. I have no allegiance to Robbie Lawler. I know he's a beast. I've seen it. I saw I saw his broken body last fight, but Donald Cerrone's a cool dude. I do love Cerrone. I do root for Cerrone. He's the fucking but... cowboy. He's the fucking cowboy. He keeps it real, says what he means, fights too much, entirely way too much. I just think Robbie's just... I don't think Donald's proven himself quite... Yet at 170, I know he's had some amazing fights, but they were against lower and unranked people. I mean, Rick Story was ranked at the time, I think. He was like number nine or so. Yeah. But I mean. But Robbie Lawler's been doing this for a while, though. Yeah. He's, I think uh, he's been in some pretty epic wars, too. I think he's more easy to knock out. So he moved up to 170, fought that other cowboy, that Alex Oliveira. Mm-hmm. He submitted him pretty quick. It was impressive. And then he fought Patrick Cote, but Cote is kind of older, also unranked. He beat Rick Story, which was that kind Amazing. of in the Matrix yeah. finish he had, which was cool. But, I mean, Rick Story kind of took a break, and he's like, uh, I wouldn't say he's like a top fighter in this modern era. Like, mm-hmm. his style is kind of old school. And then Matt Brown. That was a good one. I think he, uh, I think he got uh, tested a little bit in that fight. 
Yeah, against Matt Brown. Mm-hmm. I see. I know you ended up. Uh, yeah, he ended up camo, but it was a close fight. But it was and a Matt close Brown, fight to that point. My Matt Brown had a has had like a couple rough fights, ranked fourteenth or fifteenth at the time, I think. So I mean, that was a uh, kind of a question mark. Considering who was having a little trouble with Matt Brown, and then mm-hmm. in the very next fight, short notice, he gets KO'd by Jorge in the second round, but it might as well have been the first round because yeah. I think he got dropped at the end of there. Masvidal laid it on him. He, he, you could tell though he need he needed a he should have took rest between those. Fights. I know, but it's hard to say if I mean how that fight would have went had he had more rest because Masvidal is a beast. He is a beast. You can't deny that. But I would have taken down Cerrone again. And you know what? I'm taking Cerrone now, no doubt. And I'm not calling a knockout. Win by decision though, unanimous. I just feel like Robbie's fought in such higher level competition. I mean, he beat Hendricks for the belt. Hendricks isn't really doing that much after USADA came in, I don't think. He beat Roy McDonald, which was by far the most impressive victory. I think he was losing that fight, but it was still close, and then he KOs him. Yeah. And then he beats Carlos Condit in a split decision. It was also really close, but also really high, higher level than anyone Donald. You know, did he send Roy McDonald to Bellator? Didn't he? Wasn't that his last fight, Roy McDonald? No, Roy McDonald had one more fight against oh. Thompson. Remember? Oh, Stephen Thompson. The Wonder Boy. Okay. The Wonder Child. And he gets KO'd against Tyron Woodley, who's the current champion. Mm hmm. I think he's just had fought top level level guys. That's why I say Cerrone Cerrone hasn't really proven himself yet at this weight class the way Robbie has. So it's hard to go for me to go against Robbie. I just like how he's burned through it initially. I mean, he's burned through it. Uh, and we can we could make it a, a valid excuse, I think, for that one loss. Yeah, but I mean, it was a, what I'm saying is against lower, lower level opponents. Hard to say how he'll, he'll do. And you know, well, Robbie fights a little different now. He used to come out of the gate swinging, which would have been a problem for Cerrone, who's had a history of starting slow. Yeah. But now Robbie's kind of taking his time. But it's hard to tell how he'll come out for this fight, knowing that. That's kind of Cowboy's weakness. And also in his last fight, he kind of, you know, took a more feeling out process with Tyron Woodley and he got KO'd. Yeah. So it's hard to tell how he'll come out, but they're both about the same size. Cerrone's a little taller. Robbie has a one-inch reach advantage. But I feel like Robbie's a little thicker, so. Yeah, I would say stronger. I feel like he has the strength advantage. I'm still going Cerrone. Stand-up game. Let's get it done. Let's get done. Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson. Yeah, it'll be fireworks for sure. I love that fight. And then Cyborg versus Tanya Avenger. It's kind of uh, the biggest mismatch. One of the biggest mismatches ever. I mean, Cyborg is not a human being. She, it, is a human destroyer. No man or woman is safe. Is safe. Well, it's kind of interesting. I thought Tanya's gonna get destroyed. I thought Tanya was a lot smaller, but I mean, according to the UFC stats, she's only one inch shorter, and she has a two inch reach advantage. Go with Cyborg. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I mean, she, it, I think Cyborg in the first or second round. Probably. First. It has to be the first round. I mean, fights that of Tanya, she just. I mean, she has some pop to her punches, but it's just so sloppy technique-wise. She leaves yeah. her hands really low, and Cyborg just going to come out. Cyborg has, has really good technique and fundamentals. She holds her hands high. She throws the straight punches really clean with a lot of pop right back to her face. And yeah. 
It's Cy- Cyborg can, can, I think, beat her everywhere except for maybe the ground. I, I'm kind of interested to see if, any, if we can learn anything no. from Cyborg in this fight. What happens if she gets taken down and is- she's on her back? I think she'll pop right back up. You she's think? just that much stronger. I mean, that's how, what Tanya relies on her fights is to kind of close would, the distance and grind on him. But Cyborg's too strong for that. She'll, she'll turn right around. I'd like to see her fight off her back. Just just so I can know how it'd be like. I think she's a jiu-jitsu. I know. She, she's, I, think she, yeah, I think she is a jiu-jitsu black belt. I'd love to see what she can do on the ground. I don't want to see a TKO. I'd rather see <laughs> something in on the ground uh, via submission. You you want to just uh, kind of give a little give show the the toolbox what you can do I want to see it. Let's see. Uh, I hope a takedown happens and she gets taken down so we can see what it looks like off her back. So she's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I don't even know. I don't know what Tanya is. Let's see if we can find it. Tanya Evinger. She's a high level wrestler though. I mean, I don't even. She's not gonna get away with like. That grind game because you saw she just ragdolled Wiener mm-hmm. Wandsberg, like without any problem. It doesn't say what Tanya is, so I mean, I bet on side. I don't think there's anywhere Tanya can win this fight. I don't think so either. I don't but think striking. I don't see. think on the ground. I don't think in the clinch. I mean, Wiener Wandsberg, I think was a multiple time Muay Thai yeah. uh, champion, and all they do is clinch work, and Cyborg just like fuck that. <laughs> Get a, feel my strength. I mean, so yeah, that's kind of a weird fight. Uh, bet the house, bet the farm on Cyborg. Yeah, you're not betting on Tanya. No offense, Tanya. Just no, stop. Yeah, probably bet your life savings on Cyborg and win a buck fifty. Still probably worth it. Woodley and Maya. This is actually mm. one of the most underrated fights for me because I kind of want to see. I wanted to see this fight just because it's kind of Tyron's such a strong wrestler and then Damien of course with the jiu-jitsu it's kind of styles make matchups this is going to be interesting I mean obviously the stand-up's not even close I don't even think Damien even tries to really do any stand-up I think it's kind of all just but in, all in, just feints and stuff to in, get in close yeah I don't even think he means to throw any strikes with any intent I wonder if he gets popped hard going in for a takedown I mean, that's the question. I, I wonder if he gets popped hard. The only way Damien can win this fight is if it goes in the later rounds and Tyron starts to gas. And yeah. then you saw how Rory McDonald took down Tyron and mounted him pretty easily. It seems like easily. everybody gasses out. Maybe he rethinks the muscle <laughs> structure. I don't think he can. I think it's all genetics. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and it's just the way he was born. Man, he's... Uh, he gasses every fight. We see it. I mean, Damien is big because he used to fight at 185. He's taller, which isn't a surprise because Tyron's not really a tall guy. Tyron actually has a reach advantage by two inches. That's surprising, but... I mean, Damien just has to find a way to not get KO'd in some way in the first two, three rounds or so and I just grind what, on him. I'm picking Woodley, but damn it, if Damien Maya gets a hold of that man's back... <laughs> Jesus. He just is, get a hold on him anyway. He, he just if he gets any if he gets any hold on you're right. If he will hug the shit out of him. He sticks to him like glue. <laughs> He's just, not getting off. Yeah, and that's how he trains. I mean, but it's hard to see how Tyron just won't destroy him standing in the first couple rounds. It's, yeah. I mean, I mean, Rory McDonald 
was getting popped a couple times by Tyron, who is way higher level than Damien on the stand-up. So, I mean... That fight, you can even, you can even tell it if, if, if there was a difference in levels of uh, intensity with their stand-up. Because I thought fucking Rory McDonald killed him. Oh, no, I meant Rory from Damien. Oh, Rory from Damien. Yeah, I mean, it, I was saying he's such a high, higher level than Damien, and he mm-hmm. still got popped by yeah. Tyron. So, I mean, Damien's shot to win the fight is to wait till the weight rounds. Tyron gets a little gas and takes him down. But it's hard to see how he ever gets there. Uh, to be honest with you, all I see for this match is it being a brief reprieve, a brief a time for us to restock on beer and stuff. Before, <laughs> oh, how dare you! No, I'm... I know the title's on the line and all that good stuff, but let's face it, folks. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna pretty much dominate this man quickly. First round knockout, not even halfway through the round is what I'm predicting, and he we get a GSP call out. Well, yeah. Well, Dana White already said it's for sure happening. GSP's fighting the winner GSP's of this fight. GSP's name will be mentioned in the interview after, for sure. Yeah. I mean, actually, GSP versus Damien would be a, kind of a fun watch-up to match, because GSP... I think GSP loses that. <laughs> I think he does, too, because Damien's way it. bigger. I don't see it. And GSP just, you know, he, he he's kind of older, doesn't really... He's... His last couple of fights, he you know goes for the takedown, tries to hold him down, ground and pound. But if he takes Damien down, I mean, I don't think he would try to take him down. I think he would just really try to keep the distance. But I don't. The, yeah, the, I mean, GSP's a smart fighter for the, sure. The fucking there is a size difference there. Yeah, <clears throat> that would I wouldn't like personally. If I'm GSP's uh, people, but man, yeah, I think it would be the interesting part about this fight will be in the first two rounds if Damien does get in close. And gets the clinch, mm-hmm. and we really see uh, wrestling versus jujitsu because I mean, oh, that could be special. Tyron at full endurance has like the highest takedown rating in the welterweight history. Mm-hmm. So it's it's an interesting matchup. It's kind of like the speed and brute strength of the wrestler versus the technique of the jujitsu guy. Not to say there's not technique in wrestling, but I think just the nature of the sport. It's more of a power speed. Burst yeah. versus uh, dexterity. So. And I see, and I know what you mean, and that would be impressive to see on the ground. But if I'm Tyron Woodley, don't want to play that game yeah. because my chances of lo- losing go up if I play that game. Exactly. I mean, so, gotta stay on his feet. So that'd be the real interesting. Uh, that'd be re- what would be really interesting coming out of this fight if that would happen in the first couple rounds where they do end up in a clinch and see what happens. But. The main event of the evening, Daniel D.C. Cormier versus John Bones Jones. And, you know... There's a lot of emotion in this fight, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of emotion. I think D.C.'s trying to hide it a lot Mm because he knows that kind of hindered him in the last fight being so emotional, but he really feels some disdain for John Jones and John Jones just feels, you know condescending towards him which I guess you know he deserves to be he I thought the first fight was closer when I first watched it and then I went back and rewatched it it's not that close did John I think won two of the first three rounds where when I first watched it I thought DC won all three. Oh, yeah. I remember just thinking to myself man the stand-up is really not close 
he's really holding, he's keeping his distance. He's doing a... When you first watched it? You yeah. Uh, when I first watched it, I didn't think he won around. <laughs> you didn't think DC won around? No, I didn't think wow. he won around. I think the popular conception was that DC was winning the early rounds and he kind of gassed. And that's what he says, too. It's like those championship rounds is what we I thought what I saw was a, a DC I didn't think I was going to see. And he was going after... He was not... I mean, the takedown attempts weren't there. He was, he was being... He had a decent time on his feet uh, against John Jones. He, he closed the distance really well, which... But know. he had the... He was throwing out so much energy to close the distance. I didn't think he connected with all of his shots. No, but, I mean, he definitely landed some, and it was, whoa, they have the UFC fucked up a little here. Oh, wait, never mind. I was looking at the height difference. Wait, that, the reach difference, 72 inches versus 84, so that was really impressive DC to kind of pop in, close yeah. the distance, get in close range, and land those shots. That's a lot of work, too. I kept thinking to myself, there's no way he keeps this up. Yeah, and he didn't. I <laughs> mean, DC's... Look at how he was moving. I was like, I've never seen this guy move like this on his feet. <laughs> I mean, he has to be used to it because I'm sure he has a reach disadvantage in almost every fight. But it seems like he chooses more to play that clinch game. When he was a heavyweight, he played the clinch game a lot. Did a lot. Well, he's of really strong there. That's um, that's how he beat up Gustafson. I think that's how he won the fight yeah. by those clinch strikes, dirty oh, man, boxing. That fucking takedown he had on Gustafson. Gustafson was amazing. I love that. Gustafson took him down too, well, briefly, of course. But I mean, and that's a guy that's standing in the background of all this. Yeah. Gustin's probably going to get John Jones win or lose, I think. DC's got elite wrestling. That did not show off in the last fight. I think we might see a little more of his elite wrestling. Well, I mean, he underestimated how strong John was Mm -hmm. because John's got that long, kind of lanky frame. At that time, he wasn't necessarily as ripped as he was now. You know, he kind of had a dad bod stomach a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just, but he has that ridiculous shape. Those long, lean muscles that are just uh, compact and dense and misleading is there an area in where you think dc will outperform john jones in this fight i think the close uh in the in the pocket the close range striking mm-hmm. he can in the clinch but that's with even knowing that john's got those uh elbows laying i mean he him. landed elbows in the first mm-hmm. fight against dc but i mean dc still was able to do work in there i mean i think that's the only place i'm he definitely won't win at distance against John well, what with about a 12 inch reach advantage. Well, just what about off the feet in general? Or can is there a way and do you see John Jones being taken down by Daniel Cormier? In yeah, this fight? he definitely could. But I mean, he took him down the first fight because I mean, but he can't him keep there. him down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is there? A, it's is, so is it, it's do so we get hard. That body on John, fully on him. He has to work really hard. I mean, John's so long and leggy with those long legs. It's super hard to keep someone down with that because they could always get their legs in the play and they could um they could push away they could retain guard easier and for a shorter guy with dc it's harder to reach up and control like his head and his neck when you're way down here being kept away with john's legs i mean the long torso and upper body of john makes it easier to push off and keep him away so that's why he's able to get up so easy so i mean and he knows how to give back. He's he's highly trained. He, people forget this about John Jones. He's got that awkward athletic style, but he is skilled as shit. Yeah, he can I, give back to his feet quickly. I'm thinking like even if DC were to get in a solid like side control position, yeah, where he famously grounds and pounds people. I don't know. I mean, I John's so strong. I feel like he might be able to just power himself up. Wow. 
I'd like to see it. Again, kind of like what I said with Cyborg, where I kind of just want to... There are certain areas I want to see a person, like a certain drama I want to see a person go through sometimes, and having their back to the mat is one of those things, especially when you get your back to the mat versus Daniel Cormier. That would be impressive to just get right back up, like you're saying, against an Olympic guy. Yeah. That would be a hit for DC's confidence. Uh, like, if that would or actually happen, I can't see DC coming back to win the fight. I mean, uh, Chell Sonnen, I think, uh, tweeted out a kind of interesting stat. It's... Um, when like a younger fighter fights an older fighter oh, and yeah, wins, so. and then they have a rematch, mm -hmm. you, the if it was a knockout, fighter the never time. wins. Yeah, if it was, if he, like uh, some dude told him, if it, if the guy got knocked out, the older guy got knocked out the first time, he's going to get knocked out the second time, but just quicker. Yeah, something was, like that. It was very good. I like that. Uh, I like that. I think uh, John Jones is a better fighter. I think John Jones is the greatest fighter we've ever seen on television. The thing that makes this fight interesting is that DC is just so motivated and is working so hard. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I mean, I think that counts for something. So it's, it'll be interesting it'll be, to see how that manifests itself in the fight, if at all. What's sad is I don't want to see him crumple after this. Because I really just can't see him winning. But You don't want to see you, DC you, crumple? I don't like, want to see that happen. I, I, he's a good guy, and I know people listening to this podcast might not like that, but it's these decently seems he seems like he's a good guy. Oh yeah, he I just acts. Sure he's a he good acts guy. very uh, childish and uh, insecure around John Jones. I think it's just his fighting style. Honestly, is the reason why most people don't like him because you know people don't really like to see wrestlers in MMA. They like to see the flashing, striking, knockouts. I mean. Anyone would rather see the sickest knockout versus the sickest submission. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and that fight with Anderson, it's like everyone wanted to see him strike with Anderson. And then when he and did. And when they struck, yeah. everyone was cheering, and then he took him down. Instant yeah. booze. So. And that's just TC's fighting style. He's dominant at it. That's how he beat Anthony Johnson. Yeah, it's crazy to expect that he's not going to do what he's good at. <laughs> Yeah. And that he's Although, just, according to him, he uh, said he's going to keep it standing. He said... He did last, for the most part, last, he only tried to take him down like two or three times, I feel like. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, he, he said if he said if they wrestle, it's going to be John initiating it, which John might, you know, just to... I don't, yeah, I don't think you'll ever see John saying, well, I won't do this if it benefits me. Yeah. John will do what needs to happen at the time. I think at this point, John will do, wants to do what he wants to do to prove a point. Yeah. I'll beat you here, I'll beat you there, I'll do this just for fun. I'm eating ice cream before the fight just because I can. I know you can't. Exactly. You're having trouble with the weight cut. <laughs> There's a jazz. I, 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 think what's, I think what's funny about this is the last time I saw John Jones this amped up before Cormier was his fight with Sonnen. And Chell Sonnen was a... a Great wrestler too. He made, um, uh, I believe the yeah, Chill was dominant. Team. Yeah, right. The first thing I he mean did, that was before you saw it too. Yeah. So he might have had a little juicy juice. The first also. thing he did was went across that ring and took that motherfucker down. It was the tightest thing I've ever just to seen. prove a point. I know. And then he proceeded to whoop that ass. The fight was less than a minute, I think. Right. So he wants to be known as the greatest martial artist of all time. So to do that, you want to dominate everyone at what they're good at. Yeah, that's something. It's one thing for Anderson Silva to go out there and just frustrate the shit out of everybody. But to be the guy who beats everyone at what they do best. Yeah, Anderson Silva's not wrestling anyone. He choked out the karate kid. Um, Leoto. Leoto Machida. God, that's such a... 
such a rude highlight. <laughs> I love the poor, highlight. Though. Poor Machida just drops like a Man, sack he was of hammers. Killing motherfuckers before John Jones. I still will never forget what he did to Rashad Evans. I think that's the worst knockout I've ever seen like on television. We well, had the crane kick versus uh, Randy Couture, I think, which is also pretty oh, brutal. Yeah, yeah. like was, the old martial arts karate kid style. He was Wonder Boy before Wonder Boy. People were scared to march up on him. It was pretty funny. Yeah, it's like going into a wood chipper. But I mean, yeah, John Jones wants to hold that, throw that whole styles make matchups thing out of the window for him. It's like yeah. it doesn't matter what style. This ass kicking is universal. Yeah, you can get it any way you want it. I'll wrestle the best wrestler. I'll ju- I'll grapple the best jujitsu player. I'll box, kickbox, Muay Thai, clinch, elbows, knees. I can he, do it all. I can do it all. I think the biggest question for me is: I know John Jones is winning this fight. Yeah, I pretty much know that. And if he doesn't win the fight, I don't think UFC is made better by him losing. The It'd fight. be highly surprising to see him lose the fight. I mean, it'd have to be a decision, I think. I don't think there's any way that DC is finishing John. And that's, well, hold on a minute. John Jones has not fought for quite some time. And his last fight was his first fight after like a year. That's the only reason I think that the possibility of him losing a decision could be if he just gets outworked. You think I don't rounds. think he would get that far. I feel like he would get knocked out. Like or, or John Jones get knocked out by DC? Just, he hasn't taken a punch. It from doesn't... a guy who's trying to hurt him in two years. Oh, Ben St. Peru? No. You gotta let that one go. Hey, OSP was in, uh, has some knockouts. He has some he knockout does, power for sure. He does, but against John Jones, did he even touch his face? Well, John broke his arm in the first round. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. He hasn't been tested when it comes to physical damage <laughs> to, his, mean, to his face. Now, we know that I think if anything, that's a good. I think, if anything, that's a good thing. That just means there's more more tread on the tire of his chin and he has a big head i just wonder if you just need if it does take some time before your face gets used to taking a certain amount of punishment so yeah um yeah i think it's john jones the hardest fight to call is the waller cerrone in the main card and the jimmy manuel and ozdemir I think the three title fights are pretty clear. John Jones would be a good one. Jones, Woodley, Cyborg. Woodley's the most susceptible to losing out of all three of those, I think. It's a it's an interesting matchup, that Woodley versus Damian Maia. I think that's the most interesting matchup. The John Jones and Daniel Cormier one is more just because of men's pride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the emotional battle that's going Because it's a lot of good shit-talking, a heated rivalry. I think it might be the greatest rivalry besides maybe Connor and Nate. Um, damn, it does. It feels more than that to me, though. That this John Jones versus Danny Cormier. Well, it's been going on longer. It's been for going sure. on longer, and you know, at this point, this fight will, will tie them up with the amount of four each, two each. That is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This one seems more hate. There's more hate in this. What is really interesting would be John Jones and the Lesnar fight, if that happens. Now, that's an interesting fight to kind of think about. John Jones uh, sounds like he wants this fight. Because John Jones is strong, but is he Brock Lesnar strong? I don't think so. But everything else, you have to give him the check on, right? Like, everything else... I mean, he DC wins. was a heavyweight, and he was an Olympian wrestler. John's pretty... Went, took 
control that pretty easily. But we're talking about a DC that had to cut down the light heavyweight weight. Yeah. Uh, and that the process of alone of doing that is yeah, it's gonna it's Yeah, gonna you know, out. uh the last fight too, as well as this one, he looks kind of out of it, tired from the weight cut, but I mean he still performed in the last fight. He did. Granted Anthony Johnson had a kind of a weird uh weird fight going yeah, for takedowns. People have to admit that that but, wasn't Anthony Johnson. But he still finished Anthony Johnson, yeah. so I mean he finished a guy posing as I don't think that last fight was Anthony Johnson. It didn't. It didn't look like Anthony Johnson. He did land some clean strikes, and DC said if he landed one more, it would have been lights out. But yeah, I mean, I thought he would have performed a little weaker, given how weak he would uh, during the weight cut and all. Yeah. But if you're successful at punching the guy in the head, why well, stop punching the guy in the head? I don't get why Anthony Johnson started going for takedowns, but hey, uh, he's a professional. Yeah, but clearly everyone would want to see Lesnar versus Jones. I would That's a huge fight. Definitely pay per view wise. I, I think everyone would. That's a that would be his toughest challenge, I think, John Jones, versus a guy who could just just because of his put sheer his size. Yeah, you can knock his lights out with one hit. Does uh, how many? Let me see. Does uh, Brock Lesnar have a lot of KO finishes? No, but I mean, he has the power of a heavyweight. Just, yeah, that is true. He's he, man. But I mean, just looking at a stand-up versus Mark Hunt, it was so elementary. And also, granted, Mark Hunt is, you know, an elite kickboxer, yeah. uh, K1 sh- uh, champion, but it was just on another level. Well, and it's happens, hard to see. What happens if that Lesnar sh- uh, just goes for that takedown, shoots for it, like he does? He did against, uh, from across the ring. <laughs> I think he did that to... Um, to Velasquez? No, Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt, okay. His last fight, but I mean, yeah. So he has two uh, TKO. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a knockout. He has a couple TKOs though. Yeah, I remember his first fight against that uh, Japanese fellow was. Uh, it was Randy. TKO. First one was Randy Couture. Who was also a light heavyweight. By the way, his name is Randy Couture. He fucking TKO'd Randy Couture. But R- Randy Couture is a light heavyweight, just like John. But he was heavyweight at the time. Yeah. He made heavyweight weight. And Frank. He, he asked for that ass woman. And Frank Mir got his ass whipped twice. Don't let the don't let the thing confuse. He got his ass whipped twice. He got lucky the first time. I mean, let's see. What are the stats on Lesnar? He is six three. Oh wait, that's his wrestling. How 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 accurate is the WWE with uh, stats like that? Oh wait, never mind. They have uh, him listed at six three for football too. So yeah, six three, two sixty five, eighty one inch reach. That's the longest reach. That I didn't think it was that long. I thought he was in the seventies. Wow, that's the longest reach Sean will have to deal with besides Gustafson. Yep. I think it's around the same. OSP was actually also eighty. That John, just beat a couple dudes up in the in the light heavyweight division for a second, and then maybe make your move. The only fight left for him is the rematch with Gustafson, which he said before he'll do, but or he wants to do. But if a Lesnar fight comes up, that might take uh, precedence. Dude, Gustafson again. I wouldn't mind giving the dude a second chance. I think he might be able to beat John Jones. You don't think John has a good chance against Lesnar? I mean, Lesnar is look, he's um, forty years old. Um, he's okay. A little older. To be honest, I think he can beat Lesnar. I just. Uh, Personally, as a, I just don't want to see it. I, I'm not really? that interested in the fight. Really? I'm not that interested in the fight. Why? Uh, I don't think 
Lesnar on a skill level is on his on his level, and if you were to lose to Brock Lesnar by some lucky punch, I it, I felt like it would be cheap. Like the only reason that we were this fight even happened was because we want to see this stupid matchup. So you think we it's know, more of a we know pound for pound. You think it's more of a sideshow? Like yeah, Connor I don't want to I don't want to see that. Even the yeah the Connor fight I really don't even want to see, but I'm going to see it because obviously I have to. So it's kind of the same deal with this. You have to see Lesnar. But I don't respect the the. It doesn't make me appreciate the sport of boxing. Seeing that Conor McGregor fight, it just it's a it's a fucking circus. Yeah. No, I would much rather see Gustafson and John Jones closer in skill level, and I think Gustafson if he fought John Jones on Saturday that he would beat John Jones. Well, if he was there in place of OSP, he might have. Yeah. I mean, Gustafson of the last two fights after Anthony Johnson KO'd him pretty brutally is looked amazing. I mean, versus Glover, he picked Glover apart. I'm which... telling you, man. He's starting to get it. You can see it. He's starting to get his game. Yeah. And he... I think it would be smart for John Jones to take maybe two or three fights before he goes against that speed. Well, I mean, if he looks good against DC, then he's ready. Because as good as Gustafson was, DC beat him closely, but I think it was a good decision. I didn't even think it was split. I think it should have been unanimous for DC, but yeah. I guess that just speaks to how good DC is, how underrated he is. Oh, DC is super. He's very good. He's probably one of the. I'm telling you, we just don't. People just don't think of it because it's all wrestling. It's so wrestling heavy. But I mean, again, and it's like that dirty box. Yeah, I've punch. seen like, It's not clean. It's like it's not like this clean straight punches. But, but I see what you're saying. But I would under, I would agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that people love Randy Couture and he invented. Well, he didn't invent, but he perfected dirty boxing. That's what he did. That was his calling card. That's true. So why do they love Couture? Hate DC? It's John Jones is the missing link. Might I be. think I think John Jones is the missing link. People loved John at the time, and this was just a another foreigner trying to take that title from him. And, they, and he was a, honestly a childish dick too. Yeah, well I think we broke uh, broke down that event pretty good. We, hey, hey. What do you think? We missed anything? Um, no. No, we killed it. Yeah. It's done. There is no more. Any, uh, Unless we talk about Donald Trump. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up some <laughs> basketball stuff. Oh yeah, let's talk basketball. What? Anything interesting? Uh, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose to the Cavs, of course. Uh, yeah, no, Derrick Rose to the Cavs. A lot of people have mixed feelings about that. Well, you were saying there's going to be a problem with having two slashers on the same team. I have said many times that there, you, when you have two slashers, there's only one ball, and and for a lot of teams. They have a big man who's also sitting in the paint. So to even get LeBron or a Derrick Rose into the paint, you got to draw the big man out. Well, it's kind of was was that kind of the same issue that happened with the Thunder, where they had Harden and Westbrook, who both kind of you know slashed to the rim. Uh. Well, okay. So the so what the Thunder had was a beautiful idea. I think that worked out really well because they got to the finals in two years. They did, yeah. The thing is, they didn't stay together and they didn't figure it out. I think that could have worked out. There was nothing wrong with Thunder. They had a big man who was who um, so, stretched the floor and could hit threes. So there was no guy in the paint. They could they could all attack at any given time. Right. 
Um, but not Derek Rose all. isn't an outside shooter like Harden. No, last year he shot uh, his, historic worst for him, 22% from the three-point line. Ouch. That's uh, more than Marcus Smart. That is, How uh, dare you? That is pretty bad. I think Marcus Smart was like 26, 27 or something like that. Derrick Rose, even though he had a terrible three-point percentage and a terrible free-throw percentage. Wait, was it always like that even in his, in his heyday? No, he I, he shot a little bit better from the he, – he took less threes off on his Yeah, too. right. He was attacking a lot more. Um, Westbrook's also a bad – not – I mean, not bad, but he's I mean better weaker, than Derrick Rose. He, weaker outside shooter. But he likes to take the three-point shot. He understands how the, how the NBA game works now. So it's interesting. Two slashers on the same team are a problem, but multiple shooters aren't. It's because they're now versatile, especially when you're in a situation like the Golden State Warriors, right. where yeah, most of your three-point shooters are also notoriously good slashers. It's like they, they can score from anywhere on the court, which causes this issue right, yeah. of, like, you can't guard them. There's too many guys. Even before versatile. Durant got there, Clay Thompson could shoot. They, already had, the outside. These, they had, already had all these guys where four of the five guys on the floor at any given time can hit the outside jumper fucking sucks <laughs> for the rest of the league yeah especially when you're playing small and fast ball so now the number two spot in the west is kind of close right between i guess the rockets and the timberwolves um i uh number two spot i do not give to the rockets or the timberwolves because the clippers got weaker mm-hmm. the spurs got weaker I don't I mean, think the Spurs well, got weaker. Thunder are kind of the same. Thunder oh, wait, no, Thunder got better. Yeah. Thunder got way better. Who did Thunder get? So That's the right. Thunder got Paul George. Right, Thunder, uh, how did I forget that? Yeah. The Thunder got uh, a couple pretty good free agents. That's right. Um, but again, we, don't, we, we haven't seen their team. The Spurs, for the most part, are the same. Um, Minus identical. Tony Parker, probably. I mean... I don't well, know how serious his injury was, but he's another year older. So. Yes, but they did find out that they have something in the young guy off the bench. I can't remember. Right. Uh, over, over. I want to say like PJ something. Yeah, he that guy proved himself. How disrespectful of, to him. A lot of guys did well in the playoffs. They also, they lost Ben Simmons though. Uh, they, ben Simmons. They waived him. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons. Is it Ben Simmons or? Yeah, I know his last name. Is Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. I, I want to say it starts with a J. But Simmons is yeah. now gone. He, I think he got signed to the early. They got Danny right Green now. still, though. He ended up being a pretty good... Uh, Danny Green, they just signed Pau Gasol to a, an extension to his contract. Yeah, but Pau Gasol is kind of older. He was effective last Talented year, Talented as shit, though. He was Pau still Gasol, effective, yeah. That's one true. Of the, one of the most skilled big men the league has ever seen. Um, along the, Surprisingly, along the line of like an Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns before... He's yeah. like he, his level of play. The predecessor. Yeah, he's it's what led to the Carl Anthony Towns and stuff. Anyway, um, I still think Spurs are number two. Really, over the Rockets, the T Wolves, and the Thunder. The T Wolves will be interesting because we all think the T Wolves. Well, we, yeah, we don't know how it's going to turn out. A lot of these teams have been. It's all potential. Yeah, right they've now. changed. The chemistry is now affected. Um, but I in, mean, in the West, it's just stacked. It's fucking stacked. Actually, yeah, the Thunder with Paul George. They Russell took, Westbrook, but little else. They took from the East and didn't put anything back to make it even. They just took. Well, that's good. Paves the road for my Celtics. Oh, and Steven's a fan of the Celtics. Now, the Celtics have probably one of the more interesting off-seasons of any team. 
Yeah. Cavaliers included with all this Kyrie bullshit. I mean, apparently they could have gotten Jimmy Butler for the third pick, so it just comes down to whether Danny Ainge liked Jason Tatum. Because potential more than what Jimmy Butler brought now. And apparently he did. Otherwise, he would have pulled the trigger for the trade. Unless Chicago wanted Butler out of the Eastern Conference. That, that could be the only other reason I could think of. Um, well, I heard it was Ainge that rejected the trade, though. So the trade was from Chicago's side was good to go. Yeah. So I don't trust these Boston sources though. They always. I believe Ainge. This kind of goes in line with what he does. I think he wanted the the draft pick. I yeah. think he wanted Tatum. Me personally, I get the proven commodity right now. I'm not waiting for Tatum to develop. Into... I do like Jason Tatum though. I mean, I mean, he looks really good already. Like Jason Tatum is he an all star? Is he? I don't know. He, apparently, he's Ainge not. Think, apparently, he is not. <laughs> not is, but apparently, Ainge thinks he could be. He, he might. He or very has well, a good. And Paul Pierce says he could be uh, great as well. But we know Jimmy Butler's greatness right now for a fact. But there's already a ceiling game. on Jimmy Butler, so he's saying potentially Tatum could overtake that ceiling, or there's a good chance. I mean, or he's a better fit for the team in some way. Jimmy Butler is one of those leader guys. In fact, Jimmy Butler is a guy who I look at and think. That personality fits well in Boston. I don't know why they didn't want that. Yeah, he's a Jason leader. He's a leader. Uh, plays good in Boston, too, his, uh, his character and personality. I'm a fan of Isaiah Thomas as a basketball player. He does very well. He oh. does very, very well in the basketball court. He is not a leader. You get that with Jimmy Butler. Well, the, the team, the city follows Isaiah as yeah, if he's, he's a leader. He's great, he's great. He's not a leader, though. He's not a leader of men. He's just the most talented guy on the court. But they still follow him like he is. Oh, yeah, and that's great. That's great. But isn't that all you need from a leader? No, you need people a guy to follow who you? holds people accountable out there, right? A guy who not he walks... But actually, Marcus Smart kind of plays that role, too. But Marcus Smart scores like seven points a game. How, how much... How much <laughs> but we're how, talking about leadership here. But that kind of goes in with it with basketball. I think you got to walk the walk and talk the talk in basketball. If you're gonna but the Celtics a, have always been kind of different. They're, you know, they don't... When they're you, unselfish. They're a whole... T- they think of the team as, you know, one unit. But so when you guys win guy. championships, there's a leader out there. From the Bill Russells to the Kevin Garnetts to the Larry Birds, these guys all were very clearly the best player on the court and the leader. Yeah, but this new Celtics are clearly different. I mean, it works well enough to get You're to the right finals. In the way in, in the fact that they Eastern haven't Conference won a Finals, I should say they haven't won a championship. Yeah, but they are still a young team. They are still a young team without a leader. Speaking, I, speaking of the Celtics, I, that just made me think of the Brooklyn Nets and how the trade with the Lakers worked out so well for the Lakers because that Kyle Kuzma guy, I think it was like the 20-some pick, the pick that Boston would have had. They used the Summer League MVP. <clears throat> he looked good. Yeah, he looked okay. Scoring It's hard lot. to take the Summer League seriously. They're playing with guys. That's true. They're playing with guys who are never going to see an NBA roster. So you got to remember that. These guys, that the competition that they're scoring 30 points on, You'll never see them again. But, I mean, there are some things you can look at, like Lonzo Ball's, um, it's just like his fluidity and his movement and his passes. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, there's some value there you could see. I I'd see him as a C-level player starting off the... the and that's not bad. Kuzma? Yeah, I see him as a C. Yeah. But C- I'm also... I'm talking about the trade in, uh, altogether. So, you also get Brooke Lopez, who's yeah. kind Proven of... Proven commodity, an all-star, for sure. Best, one of the and best... And you get, all you give up is uh, D'Angelo Russell and, uh, and a... Bloated contract. 
for Timothy yeah, Moss. They didn't know if he would D'Angelo Russell either, so it's like maybe that makes sense. He's a good player, but to get Kuzma, potential star, and Brooke Lopez, already star, that's a pretty good trade for the Big Lakers. fan of Brooke Lopez. I think they did well, too. That's a pretty damn oh, good trade. Oh, they're setting the table for the king. I can see it. I can see it. LeBron's though, as Le- Coward says. Shit, it could be LeBron and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I just hope, I feel like the Lakers are going to be, you know, pretty decent next year. I hope they aren't because the Celtics, of course, hold the rights to their pick if it lands between two and five. But I mean, oh, that's right. they're, that's looking, right. they're looking good so far in the offseason. I'm really saying. hoping that the, the Celtics and the Lakers get back to uh, being good consistently. We saw with the Celtics, they took another step forward this year. Yeah, it looks like they're heating up for another rivalry, huh? Got to the, yeah. They both have good young cores. Hopefully stacking arms. Because NBA doesn't have, like, blood rivalries like that anymore. I mean, the last one was New York and Golden State, Cleveland. I don't think that's a blood rivalry. I think that's, honestly, like, LeBron versus, like, the front. I mean, because, yeah, after LeBron leaves, it's going to be done. No one cares. LeBron is the oldest part of the rivalry. Cleveland... God damn it. Trade Kyrie for the future. I mean, you think That's it's... That's all I'm asking. It feels like it should happen this offseason that they signed Derrick Rose, but uh, maybe they, maybe he'll stay with the last year with the team. Oh, Kyrie. Kyrie? Uh, it feels like he should be shit, though, now that they took Derrick Rose already. There's a lot of... There's a lot of mean things being said. Oh, thank you. Uh, there's a lot of mean things being said about... Uh, between Kyrie and LeBron James. They're not saying it directly, but they're yeah, people. They're saying, using what is this weird shit, by the way? LeBron's camp is saying this to Kyrie's That's camp. what LeBron's been doing the whole offseason. It's like... Oh, it's so stupid. LeBron might have had something to do with the GM leaving. Oh, there's a lot of... Oh, I guarantee you LeBron. If LeBron found out about that shit, I guarantee you he put his, that fool's name out there. Yeah. I guarantee it. Either way, though, Dan Gilbert fucked up. So what do you think of the West? Do so you think it's, of course, the Warriors, then the Spurs, number two, then the Thunder? Oh, uh, Warriors, Spurs, and then just this weird, I don't know, because there's too many moving parts. I want to say the Timberwolves, so I like their lineup. How do you think? It's basically Chicago from four years ago. Plus the beast that is Anthony Towns. And Andrew Wiggins, who guys in, Tim- in, in Minnesota don't. Trade Andrew Wiggins. I think he has a standout season. This Who else do they have? So they have Towns, they have Wiggins, now they have Butler. And they signed Tosh Gibson, uh-huh. uh, Jeff Teague. These are all star after all star. It's it's fucking so ridiculous. So T Wolves are quietly building a super team to ride the state. Work. You guys see how they play together. But this won't last, by the way. This is they've got like maybe two or three years to win a championship because. It's well, Minnesota. They don't have the budget to support all these players. Well, assuming they do mesh together and they all gel, how do you think they match up with Golden State? Um, you know... What do you have, Durant if, on if, Towns? If, if the Timberwolves became a top five team in the NBA, this is a good team to take on Golden State. So what do you think the matchup would be? Durant on Towns? Um, gold, I think in this matchup... Uh, Timberwolves can do whatever they want to do, and now Golden State has to try to match them. So, who who would guard Carl Anthony Towns? 
JaVale McGee, you don't really have a choice. He's going to get fucked over, though, most likely. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have an answer for Anthony Towns. Yeah, he's the only answer for Anthony Towns. He would be close to being the best player on the court if um, Durant wasn't there. The question is, who would the Timberwolves play at power forward? Would it be Anthony Towns, or would he play center? I, he would have to play center, I, I would think. Yeah, I don't think he would have to. The, dude, I think the Timberwolves, if, that, if they get good next year, like top five good, then the Golden State has a real concern now because this lineup can fuck your lineup over. Jeff T guarding Curry, perfect. Uh, Jimmy Butler on Clay Thompson, perfect. Uh, what's I think Jimmy wins Andrew that. Wiggins on Kevin Durant. I think that's a juicy one. I think uh, Butler wins that matchup against Thompson, right? Uh, to me, they are the same player. Well, especially in the playoffs, given that Thompson kind of disappears a little bit. Thompson, I, I don't think it's that he disappears. I think he's working harder than almost everyone on the floor. Maybe not as hard as Draymond Green, but he's working fucking hard out there. Defensively, he was stellar in the playoffs. Uh, I wish there was like a defensive player award, because he would have won it in the playoffs. You think so? Oh, he did so well. He... Shut down everyone that was on him except until he got to the Cavaliers. So, so greater than Draymond, who's on the same team. Uh, greater defensive presence. I don't know about presence. As a lockdown, uh, since he's a he's the lead defender on the perimeter, I would say he's just the Draymond of the perimeter. But not, I guess not as not as hustle worthy. Like that dude hustles. Draymond hustles. Yeah. But fucking uh, Clay Thompson plays lockdown defense. He really does. Think about the guys he CJ McCollum, what did he do in the playoffs? This is the guy who averaged like over twenty points a game. Yeah, well we should look that up because I'm actually curious to see what he averaged. Well who did he guard against the Cavs? Uh he a uh, mixture of uh, Kyrie. Uh Kyrie and Kyrie went off two games. Kyrie had some trouble finishing, which you know, that's a strong suit, right? Yeah. In the finals against Kyrie the Warriors. Kyrie had one really dominant game actually. Yeah, but, but one thing I noticed is that usually he's like a 100% finisher, but he was having trouble finishing. He was met at the, the rim Warriors. by good bodies, and uh, he, had, he had to play. He, he had to get over on, um, on a Curry, who was playing defense the best I've ever seen him play, and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, their best perimeter defender. I think. Uh, I think the Timberwolves matchup is very intriguing because I don't know how Golden State plays that. I don't see how if they if if Timberwolves mesh and Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau get them playing on a certain. I was level. gonna say because the coach, um, he's been working with the Timberwolves for a while now. Uh, this is this is gonna be his uh, second year. Okay, so his second year. But his his. You're a Celtics fan. His defense is what earned you guys your title. It, he he is what got you guys playing the best defense Celtic right. history. But I'm just talking about as, as far as his relationship with the players. It's been pretty good. Oh, he's got prior relationships with at least three of them. Um, with Josh the, Gibson. I mean, with the current, uh, with the Timberwolves last year. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's, yeah. he's developed. So now he's own. bringing in the former players, so yeah. that's a that's a good sign. I I think uh, I think they're gonna have a fucking spot on him. I think they're gonna be a. A legit uh, contender as long as the chemistry works out. As long as Jeff T does, doesn't feel like he should be taking more shots or Butler gets a, you know, 
I need more shots as the leader. And who's the leader? You know, uh, from a talent standpoint, the best Towns talent they have is Towns by a little. Really by size. It's the size is what makes the difference yeah. for the best. Well, he's player. been the team leader kind of up to this point, right? Uh, he'll have to take his, as, as, as far as a vocal presence on the court, it's going to be Jimmy. Yeah, I was going to say it has to be Jimmy. It'll now. be Jimmy. But from a talent standpoint, it's uh, it's 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 Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, by a little bit, and and, and he's going to get better. He's going to get better. He's going to show off more of his dribbling ability, more of his uh, shot. I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. How do you think Chris Paul is going to mesh with James Harden? James when Harden. I, when you say it out loud, I automatically say no. James Harden's going to have to learn how to be a shooting guard, like a real. Well, he's been that before, and he's been but successful at it. He's been kind of like a like a hybrid between a point shooting guard, right? Well, he be, he became that last year because of Mike D'Antoni. I Mike, feel like the year before, he was also kind of like that. Uh, his assists were not as high, and his rebounding wasn't as high. But he, he was still kind of like ball dominant, right? Ball dominant in the sense that he he Patrick Beverly brought it up, gave it to James Harden. <laughs> James Harden isolated and got his twenty nine to thirty points a game that he had last year. Yeah, I think. Um, Mike D'Antoni is good at this, like offensive, fast offense. He's really good at this. Is he good at managing these uh, different players? No, that's another thing. I mean, before, in the past, he's had to manage uh, um, Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash and Joe Johnson being on the same team. Um, and those were very big players How at he do? time. He, he got them to the finals. Do they have conflicting styles, kind of like Chris Paul? And Harden, in the sense that Chris Paul and Harden... No, I, w- I don't, because Amari was a power forward along the lines of a Blake Griffin. Yeah. Um, Steve Nash is... Steve Nash, just a great penetrator and a shooter of threes and a passer and a just really good basketball player, which is, I guess you could say, that's Chris Paul. Well, how did Harden do with uh, Westbrook? Because he had to play off the ball, right? <laughs> When he was with well, Westbrook. with uh, when when it was Westbrook and Harden, they established that Harden was the better ball handler. And oh, he, and he okay. kind of brought the ball up, but he came off the bench. Right, that's right. So sometimes they didn't even play with each other. When they ended the games, I don't think both of them were out there. So this is the first time we have to see how Harden would do off the ball. Um, he played off the ball with the Thunder when Westbrook was on the court sometimes. Sometimes, but towards the end of the. When they made their playoff run, it was Harden bringing up the ball. Yeah, so, I mean, it's like Isaiah Thomas was kind of a different player when he had to play off the ball. What you're asking is how can Harden play off the ball? How can he, and also how would he do? Because we saw... Playing off the ball is a lost art, though. Because once uh, they gave they made Isaiah the main ball handler in Boston, he became a star. But before that, he was playing off the ball, and he was kind of like, you know, a good shooter, scorer. Yeah. Because you just simply just don't have the ability to pick and choose whether you're going to shoot or pass. When you have the ball in your hands, you're getting a stat out of it, usually. Yeah. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see how Harden we'll see. does. We'll see. I don't see how that works out. It seems like they're about to get Carmelo Anthony. You think the Rockets are going to get Carmelo Anthony? Carmelo Anthony says... Over the Cavs? The number one team wants to play for is the Houston Rockets. Over the Cavs, really? Yeah. Why do you think that? Uh, he said it. He, he well, said... Well, why do you think he'd rather play with the Rockets and the Cavs? Uh, Chris Paul's his homeboy. 
Chris Paul, yeah. LeBron James, and Carmelo Anthony have a tight circle. Yeah. So I, why would I, I want guess, to play with LeBron in Cleveland? Well, given look, look, think about that. I mean, he's going to a situation. Yeah, Cleveland, right. That like might blow up next year. It looks like it's imploding. Yeah. And with the Rockets, there's something more long term there. True. But uh, I don't like the look of the Rockets. I don't really. I don't like it. It just doesn't feel right. It, but sometimes I find myself thinking like in like basketball from the early two thousands and back like this is a whole different game, right? Yeah. So maybe this small ball that they play work, but I just can't see it. Not against a team like the Spurs. I mean, it's never good when you're trying to copy someone else's strategy, right? It, it's but that's how things happen, right? The reason look at what Michael Jordan created. Yeah. That's true. If yeah. it if it is like a a legitimate um, new standard of the way you play, it's an answer. Right now, uh, crazy. It's, it's just how many threes are taken. Like you never used to see this amount of threes taken. The mid range game. Is so a it's a consequence start. of the change uh, changing of rules over time, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of like football. Now they now they change rules. Now you never see this many passing yards, as many touchdowns from so many different people. Yeah. You, the way a play, person can play defense is a big part of that. 3,000 yards a year for a quarterback used to be rare, or it used to be like a, a, a you know, an accomplishment. Now that's up to like 5,000 is like yeah, the accomplishment. we're predicting Drew, I think they predicted Drew Brees would get 5,000 last year. Did he hit that? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. It was that's sad crazy. when Dan Marino's record got broken because of the new rules. But, yeah, and people need to consider that when they look about look at who the greatest look at older players. Yeah. yeah, same thing with because um, it was the main way running LeBron, game that goes against some hardcore LeBron. That is when you look about the rules. Oh, going back to basketball. Yeah, scoring rules back then to now. Yeah, like look, yeah, it's easier to score now. Jordan would have had like fifteen free throws per game in this NBA. <laughs> like they couldn't stop him. Well, this is one thing that's interesting. It's like the old some of the old players just have insane stats. Like in you're talking of, about Will Chamberlain. No, like Larry Bird. Like his oh. his rebound numbers. He averaged like somewhere around fifteen, seventeen rebounds consistently. Well, that's for like because 10 years. for most of his career, they look they say Larry Bird played small forward, but until the arrival of certain players, he played power forward. Like he was legitimately a power forward. Right, but there's not that many players. Regardless of position, get putting up those kind of numbers. I mean, Anthony Davis, what is he averaging? Like 12, 13? Um, 12 points? No, rebounds. Uh, He's averaging yeah, around yeah, 20 yeah. some points. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even, even now, like, the numbers just don't really reach. The well, you're seeing Anthony Davis, though, to be fair. You're seeing Anthony Davis, like, not even close to his prime. Well, I'm just saying, using him as an example. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, look, take a look at. Uh, so, what? What, you, what was the? And, this well, thing? I'm just saying, like rebounds. Like, what? What about Magic's uh, assist numbers? Magic, stuff like that. Uh, he well, he had rebounds too, so it's like. You do see. You're gonna see more the points, points are bigger now. Yeah. But it seems like the other stats kind of gone down. Maybe that's a consequence too. Well, the points look, go up, we, the rebounds, assists go down. We just saw Westbrook, average a triple double. True. We just saw James Harden. Get pretty close to averaging a triple double too. Uh, LeBron James close to averaging a triple double. Mm. I think the rules are helping him. I think the rules are definitely helping him get higher inflated stats, like the the common player. 
Uh-huh. There's no there's no one guy right now I think that dominates at one thing like and that's it. Well, I mean, guys like Magic and Larry kind of did it all too. Yeah, exactly. Magic didn't score as many points, but Larry did. It's funny though, those two before them, like who else did, you know? Who else averaged those type of stats? In that's, their era. That's a good them. that's a good point. Like it's it's I mean Michael Jordan Michael Jordan averaged some crazy stats. Yeah, yeah, when it came to But it was it is Michael Jordan. It's Michael Jordan. But he averaged a, a crazy like field goal percentage and crazy uh points per game. What was his what was his assists and rebounds? It wasn't I don't think it was crazy anything like these guys. That's a good question. We should look it up. I think it's assists he might have his highest he might have averaged. What about guys six. like Elijah Wan? Akeem Elijah Wan uh, rebound barely rebounding, barely rebounding. I don't think he averaged a double double, but uh, scoring and presence on the court. All right. Yeah, you're right. So uh, Miles Jordan rebounds average around six assists five. So that's more in line with today's yeah. number. It's just it's just a scoring. It's kind of ridiculous. Thirties to mid thirties. Through most of his career, fuck man, I used I remember watching a Michael Jordan game and it was him versus I want to say the Bullets, and you could tell like on the bench whenever he got the ball it was just like fuck, like we already fucked up by allowing him to actually put his hands on the basketball. It's already over, and he made every shot he threw up. It's kind of that kind of reminds me of the Colts when they were in their heydays. In the early mid two thousands, it's like the main strategy to use against the Colts was just uh, ball control. Make sure he's not on the field. That was w- the strategy. I would watch Peyton Manning throw the football and be like, I hate him. I, I never liked Peyton Manning, but I was a Jaguars him. fan, so that's kind of natural. All that talent in one arm. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I hate Peyton Manning. I love him though, but I hate him. I never liked Peyton Manning. I always thought he was kind of overrated. Never really performed well in the postseason. He had one Super Bowl. Yeah, two. He, two. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, he didn't really do much in the second Look, one. he got it. He, he had C.J. It. Anderson running the ball with his broken arm. Look, his first year with the Broncos, he was fucking lighting it up. He didn't get a tackle. That is true. Out. That might have been his best season. He should have he fucking... The Seahawks whooped that ass. Uh, that was the second season, but both seasons were pretty phenomenal. I and up until that, uh, how many years did he play with Denver? Four, or three? three, I think. So the third year, third year was the one he won. Clearly, like retired. his arm was gone. He yeah. could not throw down the field. He could not throw down the field. But uh, you know, Peyton Manning. That was interesting. When he was in his prime, the heyday, the strategy to beat him was just control the time of possession, keep him off the field. Because that's all they could do. Yeah, that's how dominant he was at the position. At least in the regular season. The postseason, he lost a lot of games. Yeah. Look, uh, I think the Chargers had his number for a while, too. I, I see Peyton Manning kind of the same way I see Brett Favre. He's a fucking gunslinger. Especially well, in the playoffs. Peyton Manning was definitely much more accurate. More than, accurate than Brett Favre. Much more. Sure. Brett Favre day, was kind of like, fuck it. You live Catch. by you live by the cannon, you die by the cannon. Although it's that season with Minnesota where he almost won did he almost get to the Super Bowl and almost win the Super oh, Bowl. He almost I, got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was scary, by the way. That was, that was a rejuvenated was numbers too. Yeah, that was a rejuvenated Brett Favre. His best season of his career, and it was like his second to last last season. I was like, that's no kind of like Peyton Manning with the Broncos. Like, no, no way they're gonna let this old fuck get into the goddamn playoffs again. Oh, he looks so good. 
He was uh, he was scary that year. That's weird, right? A lot of these quarterbacks have second wins. Um, Carson Palmer with the Cardinals looked more phenomenal than he ever had. I think Carson Palmer with the Bengals. Yeah, he Bengals. was drafted by the Bengals. I think um, he was on a very shitty team and made him look better, but he's kind of struggled through it. Maybe kind of like Andy Dalton with the Bengals right now. Andy, Andy Dalton might have more talent than we give him credit for because he's shown us Does flashes he? of some cool shit. Has he? Really? He's shown us some flashes of some shit. He's always going to look kind of like a pedestrian. I mean, he has A.J. Green, top five receiver. Didn't they say this about Carson Palmer, too? Yeah, he had Ocho Cinco. Oh, the dude who couldn't read the playbooks? That guy? <laughs> that lame-ass idiot who isn't playing football anymore because he can't read a playbook? Yeah, the nat- natural talent. He could sometimes he had, catch a football. He had Hushmanzada. He was a na- he was an animal with no technicality. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has Larry Fitzgerald now, too, which is also an all-time great, although he is an older Larry Fitzgerald, but he still works. He puts the work in. It's like a fine wine. Yeah. It only gets better with time. And also Kurt Warner. He had his resurgence with the Cardinals, too. You said Kurt Warner like that isn't my favorite quarterback of all time. I mean, Kurt just... Warner was bagging groceries before he started winning the Super Bowls. <laughs> I love that motherfucker. He would great. white man alive. He looked great with the Cardinals. Oh, so it's kind of cool. Kurt. These quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady. He didn't switch teams, but last year, the last couple. I mean, yeah, last man, couple Tom years, Brady, he's gotten stronger. Uh, fuck, man, the most hated quarterback of all time because of how successful he is. I used to hate him because I liked the Dolphins when I was a little kid, but over time, it's just you can't hate him anymore. He's just too great. He's fuck, man. It's like, what do you say about Tom Brady at this point? He's He's the greatest quarterback who's ever lived. He that has comeback to be, he has to be now in the Super Bowl definitely solidified it. And I was kind of losing interest in football too. I was like, I don't really care about this sport anymore. I like MMA better, but that game was so great. I was like, whoa, that was a good game. You know what really pissed me off about Tom Brady? What is that? Uh, he he left rings on the table pretty much. He could have more rings than he has right well, now. Wes Welker left a ring on the table. I know that. For sure. He caught... Granted, it was a hard pass to catch, the one that he missed, but it was the catch he was known for. He made those uh, those weird, awkward, angle catches. He just comes down with them. Look, the, and the he, Giants got very lucky. That's all I'm really going to say about that. Both the Giants times. had no business winning that first one. Both no times. No business. Yeah, the first time was worse. But the second time was, it was just weird. It's like the Giants just had some kind of horseshoe up their ass against the Patriots. They just had their number. What if, what if that's the result? It could be the result this year after this year. The Super Bowl will be the Giants of New York versus New England Patriots. Everyone's pretty much saying the Patriots are going to be I don't there. think the Giants can get there. I don't Look think the Patriots revamped everything. No, the Patriots... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the Giants revamped everything. Their line... They're fucking... Um, Who's their running back? Their running back is... Uh, I don't think they have any. Big time, big time, big time. I just can't remember who it is. But I know I read this. I got nervous. Of course they have Odell. I mean, what if it's just Rashad Evans? Though? Oh, wait. They got um, Brandon Marshall opposite Odell, right? Yes. So they got Brandon Marshall, but they also picked up a running back. Huh. If not Rashad... Um, what's his name? Rashad... Uh... Uh, Jennings? Jennings. Yeah, he's kind of like a stopgap guy. 
I feel like they signed somebody. I just can't remember the name. At running back? Um, no. I don't think so. So it's Rashad? And Shane? No, Shane's not playing for the Shane team. Shane Breen? He right. was he was injured most of last year. But I mean, I mean, they got Pierre Paul with half a hand, although he's still playing at a high level, of course. Yeah, Paul Perkins is their starter. Who? It is a freaking national... Paul Perkins. Yeah, he was there last year, too. He yeah, so, I mean, they have a new, uh, was it a rookie for a tight end? Rookie tight end, no running back. The receivers are strong. D-line, Pierre Paul, Olivier Vernon was a great pickup. I'm kind of sad Miami couldn't keep him, but... Yeah, that division's looking pretty stacked. The Eagles... I mean, they got the Cowboys to deal with, too. I just don't see the Giants getting there. Cowboys are uh, suspended and injured, so we'll see what happens with the Cowboys. How long is, uh, did Ezekiel Elliott get? Most likely he's going to miss two games. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, in, in football, that means everything. In football, they're fucked. Well, who's their backup? They got Darren McFadden still, right? I don't think so. I think we drafted a backup. Huh. I mean, Darren McFadden, if... He was on the team. He could still carry the load for two games for sure. He looked good when he was starting for the Cowboys before they drafted Elliott, right? Um, yeah, he did the year. No, yeah, McFadden's still uh, on the team, so he'll probably get the start. He's only 29 years old. Ugh, yeah, but he's like... Yeah, he has a lot of miles on the body. He's ravaged. I can't believe he's only 29. He feels like he should be like 33 or something like that. That sucks. Yeah, I... I mean, like, in 2015, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Pretty good. Oh, that's because of that line. And yeah, that, line, that line's got three injuries and one suspension on it. So we will see. I'm very you know, nervous about it's this. It's kind of cool you and Skip Bayless have this thing in common. About being now in the Cowboys? About loving the Cowboys. He's that their favorite, his favorite team, oh, too. Yeah, I know. This is one redeeming quality. <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel weird about the start of the season for the Cowboys right now. Yeah. I'm excited about this uh, football season, though. Well, you got your, uh, you got your white boy running back. Right? Um, Who? The name McCaffrey? Or... No, that's uh, the Panthers. I'm excited to see him, though. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey? Um, I've never seen. I'm not, I'm not even watched tape on him. I don't want to be on the hype. I just want to see him play in the NFL, and that'll be the judge. Oh man, I have a gut feeling he's gonna have a huge first year. So, fantasy, pick him up. We got fantasy coming. That's uh, right. Who's who's you who's, in any leagues this year? Yeah, I just got added to Abel's league again. Oh yeah, a league in which I dominated. <laughs> But at the very yeah. last you moment, had that year. At, yeah, the that very, year. at the very last moment I I fumbled in the in the in the Super Bowl of it all. I had Julio Jones, I think, and he got injured. You always have these rickety teams picking up all these flyers. You started what's that no name from the Saints? I can't even remember his name. Oh. Um, that um, backup running back, Hightower. Yeah, pick up. You always you <laughs> plug all these holes with these nobodies. They somehow work out. A oh, little I bit. look at the schemes of the Your games. Your teams just look so ugly <laughs> on paper. It's like there's no reason. I look at the schemes. And I think to myself, oh, that running back is gonna go off against this poor 
um, uh, run defense. Yeah, they're well, gonna go the fuck off. That's with. what I thought about Chris Ivory versus uh, whoever they played two years ago, and he came up with like one point. Oh, I was a little nervous about that. But then I thought to myself, Oh, you should have been. I was up by so much. Oh, but Chris Ivory, I knew. You had, you had Antonio Bryant going against Denver, who at the time was like the third or fourth ranked pass defense, somehow scores 40 fantasy points. But you know what? I would have benched him anyway. Like, so, you know. That was my fault, though. I made a stupid decision benching David Johnson, who had a 50-burger that week. Here's the thing about fantasy football, people, that you need to understand. Don't get cute. Don't bench your studs against what you think is a poor matchup. They're studs for a reason. Don't bench them unless they've proven like a Des Bryant or something. Like Des Bryant's kind of sad. He has all that potential. He, I mean, he's had a couple good years, but it's just like <laughs> should have way more. It's more of he's more kind of like just a threat, just being out there, right? Like you just can't leave him open. He's got yeah. that much talent where you just can't leave him open. I mean, it's kind of funny. I remember when Tony Romo was playing, they'd be on, like, the, what, two-yard line or something, and you know he's just going to throw a lob up at Dez. Everyone knows it's coming. He does it. You just can't stop it because Oh, Dez... it's that Calvin Johnson bullshit, too. Yeah. Oh. There was a couple of years where Calvin Johnson just really fucked me over in fantasy football. Jeez, the Lions said that two stars are retired early because they just couldn't stand to be on their team. They had Calvin Johnson, and they had... Um... Barry Sanders. Oh, that's right. Well, how young did Barry Sanders retire? Pretty young. At eight seasons, I think. He was eight seasons in. And Calvin Johnson, he was still playing good. He just retired early. He's like, the Lions aren't going to win. Fuck yeah, this. Like I'm Detroit. out. Let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Who wants to play for Detroit? No one, apparently. Nobody wants to play for Detroit. Even The fact that they even have good players surprises. They had some promise, too. A couple years ago or so, they were in the playoffs. They were looking pretty good. Matt Stafford was throwing bombs. Oh, gunslinging it! I've always liked Matt Stafford. They had a good, they had a good running back core who just couldn't stay healthy. They had like um, Reggie Bush. They had Reggie Bush, but before that, they had a couple running backs that were really good. They just couldn't stay healthy. They had that jo- Javon or something. I don't even remember because they were like flashing the pans. I don't know with the running backs. Don't you feel like you just get a new one, like a new core of running backs every season? Sometimes the old ones stay around, but most of the time it's like a new guy. Running backs are hard to keep up with. Yeah, if you don't get a good one, that's it's hard to get a good one. That's I did it by fantasy. There used to be a premium in the drafts before it became such a pass happy league. Yeah, running backs go down quick too. <laughs> Unfortunately, they take a lot of damage. Take a lot of punishment. They're either blocking, taking damage, or running down the middle, taking damage. Yeah. Running on the outside, getting their legs fucking ripped off. take the most punishment, for sure. Yeah. What a raw gig. You know you've only got a couple years to make money as a running back, if that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're pretty much done by 29, 30, it's over. So get that big contract. Get that huge contract and make them money. All right, man. I think we could wrap it up. We did uh, over an hour. Boom. Sweet. Well, episode one, Realist Guys in the Room. Pretty good. You're welcome, cunts. See you later.